Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Well, we did it. You did it. Thank you so much. Amazing. Sal Sports and Stuff, the podcast, this thing that you're listening to right now. This morning, absolutely blown away. I got up and I've been checking the top charts lately just to see who's up there, if I could crack it. And it's happened. I've said it for months, maybe years, but especially going back about a year now, I kept saying, hey, how do you get on the iTunes top charts? How do you get listed? How do you break into that? It has happened. As of today, what is today? Thursday, April 22nd. It's number 110 in the iTunes store. What is that? Worldwide? Nationwide? I don't even know. It doesn't matter. It's totally awesome. It's totally cool. I mean, to see this podcast in my name up there, with some of the top podcasts, like Bill Simmons, ESPN Podcasts, The Athletic, whoever it is, wherever it is, all these big names, these uh, NFL draft podcasts, in the sports category, of course. I mean, some of these true crime podcasts, I am definitely not going to be overtaking. But it's amazing. I open up my um, on my smartphone, my podcast app, if you will, and I go to, and if you want to see this, how you do it, basically, if you're on iTunes, it's the iTunes app. I open up the podcast app for iTunes and then I scroll down to top shows. You hit see all and then you go to sports and it's not just even the episode because I think it was the episode that did it with Mike North yesterday. It's the show. Number one, by the way, pardon my take and then Bill Simmons, um, American prodigy and you scroll down and Ryan Russillo's on there. I go down to 110. That's where I fall in. It's pretty amazing. It's incredible. I'm blown away. I thank all of you so much. Without you, I wouldn't be able to have, you know, this particular really cool thing to puff my chest about. So I'm right behind Get a Grip podcast, and then it's the No Chill podcast, the Athletic NBA show, Morning Combat, Kevin Durant, 114, the ETCS with Kevin Durant, the ETCs, excuse me, with Kevin Durant. Um, I am just ahead of him, so... Anyway, thank you so much. It's super incredible. It's super awesome. I tweeted about it at Sal Sports, but I am not naive enough <laughs> to realize, to not realize that the reason this happened is because of the incredible insight that Mike North provided on yesterday's show. The VP of broadcast planning for the National Football League joined me to talk about the NFL schedule and specifically how it relates to and what we can expect from the Buffalo Bills. This year, when the schedule comes out, which by the way, how about this timing? I have Mike North on the podcast. We talk all about the schedule. He says it'll be out within the first two weeks of May. And then after I publish the podcast, the NFL says, by the way, the schedule will be released 
on Wednesday, May 12th at 8 p.m. So there you go. That's when it's going to come out. But if you haven't listened to that podcast with Mike North, Sal Sports and stuff, check it out. It's right here. I hope you're subscribing to this. That's what has helped. Uh, the downloads, the listens, the likes, the retweets, the reviews, all of that. If you get good likes and good reviews, I think that helps. But, of course, it's just about you listening and enjoying it. So thank you. I've gotten a lot of feedback on Twitter at Sal Sports, and I really appreciate that. So, you know, I've talked already for three and a half minutes here about that. I don't want to do that the whole show. I'm not going to. I'm going to stop now. I am just blown away. I'm humbled. I'm honored. And I thank you so much for making Sal Sports and Stuff podcast one of the top-ranked podcasts in, I don't know, the world, the country, whatever it is, on the iTunes charts. Let's keep it going. Let's go into today with a lot more great content, especially about the NFL draft. Going to keep it a little shorter today than I did with Mike North. We talked for 45 minutes. Not going to do that today. And part of the reason is because I'm actually hosting the uh, afternoon show today with Bulldog. Mike Shope is off, so I'll be hosting the afternoon show with Bulldog. And then on Friday, we're doing a mock draft. And I'm not sure. I think Mike will be back. But if not, it doesn't matter. It's me. It's Bulldog. It's Sneaky Joe. Um, it's Shope, I think, on Friday. We'll see. But either way, I'm on Thursday with Bulldog in the afternoon. We're going to talk plenty of NFL draft, which, by the way, is one week from today. One week from tonight is the first round of the NFL draft. And we know the Bills have pick number 30. I've talked a lot about the draft in different contexts over the last you know couple of weeks, especially this week. Um, on the podcast here and different ways in which I think, you know, the bills might approach it or different philosophies about the draft itself, some things that might happen at the top. And one of the things I've talked about recently has been best player available versus need. And that's popped up again because I have a new way of phrasing it. And the way I phrase it is because it's not just best player versus need. We're talking really first round here. It is much more nuanced than that. It's never that simple. But it's also not, I don't think it's best player at a need position because that's need. If you say best player at a need position, then what you're really saying is you're drafting for need. (laughs) You're saying need trumps best player. Best player means regardless of position. And as I've said, and as I phrased it earlier this week, and I'm going to hold to this, the way I want to look at it is really the opposite because best player does trump need because needs always change and need doesn't have to mean a starter need. You always need everything in the NFL. You need backup players. You need good football players. That's the number one thing that's important. So for me, it's best player available unless you absolutely do not need that position because best player available trumps it. Then you go to the next best player available. So the example I use is, You know, if one of the quarterbacks falls to 30, one of the top guys, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, and the Bills have him ranked fifth, they're not going to take him because they have Josh Allen. But to be honest, that's very rare to have one completely set position, and it's really only going to happen mostly at quarterback for most teams. Almost any other position on the field, there's always going to be a need. And again, it doesn't have to mean a starter need. It can be a backup. It can be a rotational role player. And that player is going to develop into something you are going to need later down the line because of contracts, because of injuries especially. This popped up with the wide receiver talk uh, over the last 24 hours. There are people now debating. It's been running back, running back, running back as the debate. Now it's wide receiver, wide receiver as the debate. There are people debating if the Buffalo Bills should take a wide receiver simply because of how good their roster looks. Look, I will agree with you. Their roster at wide receiver looks really good. Let's run through it. Diggs, Beasley, Gabriel Davis, Emmanuel Sanders, Isaiah McKenzie. And then the guys that are going to be fighting for roster spots are still guys that might be able to help this team. Jake Kumro, Duke Williams, Isaiah Hodgins. 
drafted last year, missed because of, you know, being on IR all year. Tanner Gentry, they just signed. Brandon Powell, uh, he'll fight for a kick return, punt return role. But, you know, they're they're good at that spot. So, of course, you could say they don't need a wide receiver because they're really good there, and that wide receiver is going to be fifth on the depth chart. But let's be honest. Take a look at that list again. First of all, A, the only two people I can even guarantee you are going to probably be on this roster in 2022 are Stefan Diggs and Gabriel Davis. Cole Beasley has two years left on his deal, but he's in the same situation next offseason as John Brown was this offseason. They can save a ton of money by moving on. I'm not predicting they're going to right now, but you never know how that's going to play out. Emmanuel Sanders is on a one-year deal. It's two, but with a voidable year. It's a one-year deal. Isaiah McKenzie is always a year-to-year proposition on a one-year deal. Everybody else, Kumaro, Williams, Gentry, um, Hodgins, I guess, is still on his rookie deal. He, But I'm not guaranteeing Hodgins will be around. We don't know what's going to happen there. He didn't even play last year. Everybody's on one-year deals, and you get injuries all the time. Cole Beasley played with a broken leg in the playoffs. Stefan Diggs was on the injury report, and we were kind of holding our breath going to practice if he was practicing every week towards the end of the season and in the playoffs. So yes, wide receiver is a need. Is it a starting need? No. Is it a need that you're going to fill 40% of your snaps on your roster? No, of course not. But it's still a position that you can use to make your roster better. And I think that's been more of the conversation as of late as a guy at wide receiver. You don't draft, you don't think about positions when you draft. You think about good football players first, then positions. It's, is this guy a good football player? Can he help our team? Yes. Okay. Is it in a position we are completely, totally set at? And generally that answer is going to be no. Unless, of course, it's quarterback, maybe. So that's where I come from with the best player available versus need. And that kind of popped up again uh, on the timeline at Sal Sports. Some debates I had over the last 24 hours with people as far as what the Bills might do at number 30. So I take part in a lot of mock drafts. And I'm not talking about like me doing a mock. I'll do a mock. I'm talking about when people ask me to participate in their mock and represent the Buffalo Bills, if you will, right? So, hey, we're doing a mock draft. Gonna, I'll send you the board, how it looks. I do these all the time for radio stations around the country, for uh, websites, whatever it is. And I've done some recently. And I've really noticed a trend when I've done it. And the trend is who has been taken pretty much within the first 25 picks or so, and then who's left for the Buffalo Bills to pick from on the board. And I have to be honest, I don't love the way the board is falling all the time for the Bills at 30. In most cases, these mock drafts that I've done, I'd probably you know, prefer the Bills to trade down. But assuming they don't, and doing these mocks, you don't necessarily trade. I mean, you, I guess you could do that. But in these mocks that I do, I'm not going to do that, and I'm not asked to do that. So I have to pick somebody at 30. But what I want to do in this podcast today is, for the time that we have, and again, I don't want to spend too much time today on the cast, but What I want to do today is tell you pretty much the players that are generally always available and the ones that are always gone, essentially, by the time I pick for the Bills at 30 in a lot of these mocks. This will give us a good template and a good thought on how it might look a week from tonight in round number one of the NFL draft. So... Basically, we know that, you know, who's going to go in the top, the top picks, who they're going to be in some order, the top 10, let's say, right? Which are, you know, we, we know that Trevor Lawrence is going to be the number one overall pick. We know most of, in, in most cases, like all of the quarterbacks are going to go. You're talking about Lawrence and Fields and Lance and Mac Jones is going to go somewhere before the Bills, obviously. 
and Zach Wilson's going to go number two. I mean, they're going to be gone. Panay Sewell's going to be gone. The offensive tackle, Kyle Pitts is going to be gone. The tight end, the receivers, Jalen Waddle, Jamar Chase, um, you know, Devonta Smith, they're all going to be gone. So what you have to kind of do here in this exercise and what I want to, you know, bring about and show you is all the guys maybe beyond that that are generally have been taken, whether you think they should be or not, in these exercises that I've done, these mock drafts, these are the players that are usually available still to the Bills. All right, let's go through them. I'll start with wide receiver because we just talked about that a little while ago. Generally, two of these three are almost always available. One has gone off the board. Sometimes two are. Rarely all three. You got um, Rondale Moore from Purdue, Elijah Moore of Ole Miss, and Rashad Bateman of Minnesota. And, and I'm not saying them in any order. I'm just kind of, I wrote them down here and for this exercise to tell you. Terrace Marshall and Kadarius Toney, sometimes, yes or no. But I'd say generally more often than not, they are both already taken in these mocks. Bateman, more and more. Usually two of the three are there in these mocks that I've done. So who does that, what does that mean for the rest of the wide receivers? What Waddle's gone, Chase is gone, Smith is gone. Um, that's really it. Those are the top three that are always gone. After that, it basically comes down to you got Bateman, Marshall, Tony, more and more. I'd say out of those five, generally two, maybe three are usually gone. So if you want to start right there and say who's going to be left on the board for the Bills, I'd say more, more and Bateman, two of the three will probably be there if you're looking at a wide receiver in that spot. This is going to, this next person I'm going to tell you, a lot of you are going to raise the eyebrows, perk up the ears. I have not done one of these mock drafts, not yet, and I've done about three or four of them, not a ton. I have not done one where Travis Etienne has not been available to the Bills at 30. Now, some of you are thinking, oh my God, if that's the case, run that card to the podium, the Bills have to take him. I'm not in that boat necessarily. Again, I want to see how the rest of the board falls. I might want to take him. I'm not saying, oh my God, I need Travis Etienne. I like a lot of different options when it comes to the Bills, first and foremost, as football players, and then value. And I am one that generally believes you can get a better value for a running back a little bit later. I love Travis Etienne. That's not, it's not about him. It's about the value of the position. On my board, if I was ranking, positional value would matter. It does for teams. And I wouldn't have a running back super duper high, but maybe you do. And that's fine. I will tell you, Najee Harris is general, generally always gone. He has been gone in every mock I've done. And a lot of times it's usually the Pittsburgh Steelers, by the way. Travis Etienne has not been gone in any of the mocks that I've done. But again, you can wait after that. Javonta Williams, uh, Michael Carter, Kenneth Gainwell. These are guys that are going to be there in the second round or third round if you're looking to add to the running back spot. But if you're just talking about, and the purpose of this exercise that I'm telling you about is to give you names that are there. Travis Etienne has been there in every single mock that I've done. All right, let's move over to the other side of the ball. I mean, we could talk about some offensive linemen. Want me to tell you the, the tackles? Sewell's always gone. Slater's always gone. Darasaw's always gone. Tevin Jenkins has been there once or twice, but he's generally usually gone. After that, what are we talking about? I mean, Jalen Mayfield, maybe? I guess you could say he's a first-round pick to some people. Um, Liam Eikenberg from Notre Dame? Yeah, but generally, I would say the consensus top four, Sewell, Slater, and Darasaw, always gone. And Jenkins, generally gone. There's a pretty big drop-off after that, I think, for most people as far as the consensus, um, you know, offensive tackles. Interior offensive line, Vera Tucker and Landon Dickerson are gone all the time. 
they're always gone before they get to the Bills at pick number 30. And then what are we talking about after that? There's no one really worth taking in the first round. So again, you're kind of now narrowing the scope here on who's going to be available. Let's go to the other, other side of the ball. Let's talk about linebacker. Because now when I talk about linebacker, generally I'm talking about um, not necessarily edge rushers, but off-ball linebackers. Guys like that would play where Tremaine Edmonds is or Matt Milano is. And I don't think the Bills necessarily need one of those guys. But again, if you get a great value, why not do it? Um, not always, but generally the case is that the top three, I think, consensus are pretty much gone. Micah Parsons is always gone. Zayvon Collins, I think, was there in one of the mocks that I did, but he's generally taken right around, like right before the Bills select, maybe a little bit higher. And then Jeremiah Owuso-Karamoa from Notre Dame, also usually gone, but not always. He's there sometimes. So that's interesting. I just don't think, again, are the Bills set at linebacker? No, there's some decisions to be made on Tremaine Edmonds. If you have one of these guys really highly ranked, why not? He can fit into your defense. He can help you. He could be a third linebacker. He can also maybe replace Tremaine Edmonds if you let him walk because the draft isn't just about 2021. That's a big point. But usually Parsons, Owusu, Karamoa, and Collins are all gone by the time it gets to the Bills. All right, but where it becomes interesting now is a position like edge. The two positions I think the Bills could use some help and maybe get a guy that can step on the field and help them right away even this year are edge and cornerback. Let's talk about edge first. The only guy, I would say, out of the top grouping that's always been there, I mean, every single mock that I've done that you have to think about is Joe Tryon from Washington. He's the only one. All of the others, Quiddy Pay. Jalen Phillips, Aziz Ojulari, Greg Russo, even Jason Owe. Uh, Owe's been there a few times. He hasn't been other times. But the other ones I mentioned, Pay, Phillips, Ojulari, and, Ros- and, and uh, Rosu, they are, Rousseau, excuse me, they are gone almost all the time. I think um, Rousseau's been there a couple times and he hasn't been, but if you're looking at somebody who's always there, who's the next best guy generally, who's always there, It's Joe Tryon out of Washington. What do you think about him? Is that a guy that you would take in that spot? I don't know, but Edge, a lot of guys are coming off the board. But if you look at that position with, hey, who should be there for the Bills? That's the one guy that usually is. Maybe one of the others is. Does Phillips slide even down that far because of the injury concerns and the concerns about, you know, him retiring and, you know, transferring after he didn't get an opportunity at UCLA or didn't live up to potential, had some concussions, uh, goes to... Miami, all the different stuff that's gone into it. I'm sure you've probably read about a lot of that stuff. You know, is he still there? I'm not really sure. And again, there are a lot of other names maybe you like more. I'm just going through the consensus, I think, top guys according to most boards. And at Edge, usually one, two, three, four, five guys are gone before it gets to the Bills. Sometimes four. And if it is four, you're going to get Tryon and Rousseau or Tryon and Owe. Um, Maybe Tryon and Phillips, generally not. But Tryon is really the guy that's always there. And then finally, cornerback. Now, I really do think corner would be a great great pick for the Bills if they can find somebody of high value because I do think that's a spot that has an open starting spot opposite Tredavious White. They do have Levi Wallace. They do have Dane Jackson. I like them both, especially like Dane Jackson's upside, what he showed last year, but there's no certainty there. We don't know who's going to be able to win that job. And maybe if you compare a rookie corner, you pick at 30 with Tredavious White, who you picked at 27 has turned out to be an all pro. Now you got Tredavious White on this big contract. You get another guy at 30 and a rookie deal for the next four or five years. That is the chef's kiss. Perfect scenario 
for the Bills. I got to be honest with you. None of the top corners are generally available by the time it gets to the Bills in most of the mocks that I've done. Farley, Sertain, Horn, J.C., Horn, every time I see J.C. Horn, I think of Jason Seahorn, J.C. Horn. Um, he was a corner too. And the guy I do like for the fit, I think this guy, if he falls, he, he has a chance to fall to the Bills, but generally he's not doing it, is Greg Newsom out of Northwestern. I think Greg Newsom is a really good fit for the Bills because of their zone scheme. Asante Samuel Jr. has been there a couple times, actually. And I know a lot of you like him. I just don't know if he's a great fit. He's more of a man guy. The Bills play a lot of zone. And I don't know if he's going to hold up on the outside at his size as much. Um, now, he's not super small. He's 5'10", 184, and he can tackle. But I think, you know, we've seen a guy like Taron Johnson even who gets banged up a little bit. So, yeah, I like Asante Samuel. I'm Samuel. I'm not in love with him like a lot of other people are. I do, of course, like uh, Ifiedu Melanfalu of Syracuse, Melanfanwu, excuse me, of Syracuse, not just because he went to Syracuse. I really like him. He's versatile. He can do a lot of different things. I think he'd fit perfectly for the Bills. I just don't think he's necessarily worthy of the number 30 pick, which is why I'm not including him here. I'm including Farley, who's gone all the time. Sertain, who's gone all the time. JC Horn, who's gone all the time. And then Newsom, who's pretty much gone all the time. Samuel, again, has been there, but he's generally gone. The next best guy is Eric Stokes. You like Eric Stokes? That's fine if you do. I'm just telling you, if you want a corner at 30, if you're thinking about that position there, that's generally the guy that's the only one of the top group that's been available every single time I've done one of these mock drafts. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be tough. And if the board falls the way it has been for a lot of these mock drafts that I've done, and you know, I'm, I'm going on another one in Jacksonville on Friday on radio. We're doing one on WGR on Friday. I just did one on the Channel 4 website with Josh Reed, Thad Brown, Matt Perino, Tim Graham, and Heather Prusak just did that. Um, and by the way, in that particular mock draft, I took Bateman because that's what happened. I'm looking. I'm like, I don't want Stokes there. Um, I don't want Tryon there. I think the Bills could use, because of the reasons I said before, another wide receiver and a guy like Bateman to me was sitting right there. And hey, I didn't even expect to take a wide receiver. That's that's why you got to let the board come to you. That's why GMs always say it. Brandon Bean says it. He's right. Let the board come to you. I didn't expect to take a wide receiver in that mock, but I did because Bateman was sitting there. But Elijah Moore was there and Rondale Moore was there. And then guess what? The same thing happened in another mock I did. This one was for um, Fran Duffy. And Fran, he's amazing. We've had him on WGR. And... He, I, I just love his stuff. He works, um, he does the Eye in the Sky podcast, Path to the Draft podcast, works for the Eagles, does amazing work over there. He asked me to, to be the Bills guy in his particular mock draft that he was doing, and Newsom was taken at 28. Christian Barmore, the defensive, interior defensive lineman, was taken at, uh, I didn't go over that position. I don't think it's something, again, the Bills are going to have a lot of options at. I mean, maybe Barmore's there and they like him. I don't think so, and not a position I think they would take at 30, but who knows. Um, they were taken right at 28 and 29, and then I get to 30, and my choices were between Moore, Rondale, Travis Etienne, Tryon, and Asante Samuel Jr. I wound up going with Elijah Moore because I liked his fit there because I think he is a, a guy that really, um, you know, let's remember what Sean McDermott said. They don't want to lose their fastball on offense. That means add an already, you know, a, a really good player to an already potent passing attack I think that is certainly on the table, and that would be another weapon for Josh Allen. Uh, Brian Dable would have to figure out a good way to deploy him, which I think you can in a lot of different ways. He's dangerous with the ball in his hands, and I think that's something the Bills need a lot of. So, anyway, 
the, the we're, we're working with a kind of a limited pool here at 30. What's the solution? Trade down, Brandon Bean. Get out of the first round. Get more picks. Get picks next year to stockpile things. You never know. You trade with a team next year, even if that team thinks they're going to be really good. Maybe they're not. And suddenly you have a really high second round pick. I love that option for the Bills. So it's super interesting how this board is going to fall and what the Bills might do. They could always trade up to not even be in that position to, oh my gosh, the board didn't fall that well. Maybe they like a guy. He starts falling. They trade up. Uh, Bean certainly at least, you know, gave credence to the fact that they would do that. He said that right out, that he would absolutely go up and get somebody. Brandon Bean, in his three years in charge of the Bills, he's traded up twice, same year. Josh Allen and Tremaine Edmonds, 2018. He stayed put once at Oliver in 2019 at number nine. And he traded completely out of the first round once. Stephon Diggs, when he traded a first round pick to the Minnesota Vikings last year. So everything's on the table when it comes to Brandon Bean, as it should be. All right, I will let you... Enjoy the rest of your day or whatever else you're doing. I am going to be hosting with Bulldog this afternoon on WGR Sports Radio 550. Looking forward to that. And again, I want to thank you so much. Thank you all for vaulting the Sal Sports and Stuff podcast onto the iTunes iTunes top charts. And iTunes isn't the only place you can find it. Spotify, uh, Google Play, wherever you pod, you can find it. And of course, at our website, WGR550.com, that is through Odyssey on the Odyssey app. We'd love if you'd go there, but please subscribe throw a like, throw a nice review. That would be great if you could do that. And don't forget about that podcast from earlier this week, yesterday, with Mike North, the VP of Broadcast Planning for the NFL. I'll talk to you guys hopefully tomorrow when we do another one of these for Sal Sports and Stuff. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.